Hey everybody, welcome to ARE Live. I'm Mark Tier, the founder of Black Spectacles. And today we're gonna to be sharing some stories about how to prepare for the ARE. Um, and during this episode, we're gonna talk about um, preparing your study plan and gain the confidence uh, that you're gonna to need to pass this test uh, by talking about three specific topics. Um, and one of them is about motivation. The other is about sort of committing to the ARE and then um, actually thinking about test day. So those are sort of the three uh, things we're gonna talk about. At our next session um, for ARE Live, we're gonna be discussing programming and analysis with Mike Newman. Uh, we're gonna use a mock exam to cover uh, project development, knowledge and skills relating to uh, programming, um, environmental, social, and economic issues, as well as codes and regulations. So that'll be another good one. We'll give you a mock exam in advance um, like we sometimes do. Um, so I think you guys will like that one. Uh, if you want to, I think you can go register on our website right now uh, for that one so you make sure you don't miss it. Um, a couple of updates uh, to our products. As many of you know, uh, Black Spectacles is the first ever NCARB approved test prep provider for all six of ARE 5.0 divisions. Um, it's also something I like to talk about. Uh, we have this really, really uh, wonderful group coaching program. So if it, if uh, if you're like many architects and you know you sort of struggle with um, committing, which is something we're going to talk about today, and being motivated, um, we actually use uh, we've built this group coaching program to help you stay on track. Um, so that. Um, uh, program is ongoing right now. Registration for the October cohort just closed, but you can register for our December cohort um, in about two weeks. Uh, so starting November 4th, uh, that opens up. Again, you can go to blackspectacles.com slash coaching uh, to find more information about that. As I always like to tell people, if you like your boss to pay for your Black Spectacles membership, be sure to tell them about our firm license. Uh, doesn't matter if you work for a five-person firm or a 10,000-person firm. We have all sorts of options. Um, you can go to blackspectacles.com slash firm to learn more about that. And then lastly, um, if you think there's no chance your boss is going to pay for your Black Spectacles <laughs> membership, uh, we do have a, a, a special discount uh, on individual memberships uh, at, that we'll share at the end of the show. Um, I have two really special guests with me today. Um, it's Ty and AJ. Uh, Ty and AJ uh, are, are guys uh, that, that I work with. Um, and they uh, they spent a lot of time talking to uh, to architects and to firm leaders. Uh, they help share information about um, our firm licenses. But what we realized is that um, over the last two and a half years that the three of us have worked together, um, that uh, they've probably heard over a thousand stories um, uh, from different firms, from firm principals, HR directors, uh, young architects themselves, um, and we thought that uh, what we would do is sort of bring our those stories um, to this uh, conversation today. Uh, so that's uh, so that's that's sort of our kind of um, our jumping off point. So I'm going to go ahead and move to our first topic here. Um, one of the things we've learned is that motivation is a um, is uh, is pretty tricky. You get out of school. And um, and so suddenly you're supposed to get licensed. And one of the things that happens, of course, is that um, you know work starts to take over. And you know, for many people, what they figure out is that um, finding the motivation to keep going or to even start is really uh, troubling or, or problematic. Um, and uh, and Ty, I think uh, if I if I remember correctly, you've got a good story that you've heard um, that you wanted to share about folks uh, sort of wrestling with uh, getting motivated for the exam. Yeah. Um, well, the story I'm going to tell is something that uh, 
you know, we've actually heard quite a bit, but this is the, the one that really jumped to mind for me. Um, I was speaking with, uh, just to protect their, their real name, let's call her Jane. And Jane was from a, a fairly larger firm in Kansas. And she was reaching out in hopes to, um, you know, bring a resource like ours in, into the firm because she had really struggled throughout her career at passing the exams. She had stopped and started multiple times. At, at this point, when she reached out to us, she was a little bit later in her career, um, mid to late 50s, and she had pretty much everything that life could throw at her. And not, not I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, you know, things like uh, starting a family, meeting her husband, um, uh, you know, all these different life events that, that hopped in her way and in her process to uh, to study had, had happened. And she just had throughout those times just lost her motivation repeatedly. And then on top of that, um, multiple times had lost the progress that she'd already made on a previous version of the exam because those things had lapsed. Um, and at this point, she was coming to me not because she, I think, wanted to advance her career any further than, than where it was now, but she really wanted to prove to herself, to her children, to, I mean, her actually was expecting a grandchild that uh, she still wanted to make this next step in her life and wanted to get the personal satisfaction out of joining that elite group of people in her field. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's, it's really just about it being never too late to finish what she started. Mm -hmm. And I was really um, impressed by that. You know, she, she'd built a career that um, had a lot of success, done a lot of great work as a designer at her firm, but she still wanted to take that next step. And I, I find that that has been uh, a very common um, theme with a lot of folks that I've talked to over the last several years. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I think we've heard, I know um, um, we started talking to folks who um, aren't successful uh, passing one of the tests. Um, and from those stories, I'm thinking back um, one thing I hear a lot is folks who, once they lose, the, once they fail one test, as soon as they fail a test, boom, they're, um, sometimes folks can lose their focus and lose their motivation to keep going. Especially, I'm remembering having a couple of friends who used, uh, I'm sorry, who, uh, who uh, for whom English was their second language. And so, um, man, uh, how demoralizing is it, you know, to, uh, lose that first exam and think that, man, it might be not because I don't know the content, but because it's it, the language is actually the problem. Sure. Um, and so, uh, so I think, I think that's one uh, example I can think of. Um, I'm trying to think of um, some things that have helped folks uh, find their motivation. I know that um, um, finding a peer group, um, finding some people at, at your firm is something that's helped people find motivation. Um, I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind from you guys, um, of folks who, uh, how people have found motivation in the stories you've heard, um, if you have any of those to share. Yeah, I think uh, one of the, the coolest stories that we've seen, and actually it's uh, it's funny, it's a testimonial on our, on our website now, after we heard it, we had to put it up there, but um, Jeremy from our coaching program, he was actually in our, our pilot coaching program uh, back in 2018, the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. um, and he found uh, the group of peers that he had been looking for basically since he started thinking about the ARE uh -huh. through that coaching program. And he, up to this point, uh, couldn't find a little, you know, it was a lot about commitment, but it was about motivation too. Um, he couldn't find that from, you know, the, his boss that was breathing down his neck every day, talking to him about how he needs to get licensed. And, you know, one of the funny things he says is that well, that didn't help my anxiety at all, you know, outside the testing center and walking in, you know, I got to get this done because if I don't, I have to walk in on Monday and tell him why I failed again. 
Um, but the coaching program gave them that group of, of, of peers that were also taking the test, not that were already licensed. So it was his peers telling him, hey man, you can do this. Um, it was much more motivating to him than someone who had already been through the process on the other side telling him that he can do it. Um, he, he needed that that positive reinforcement from people who are going through the same thing. Yeah, I think, um, um, I think uh, and as you say, you know, in a way, sort of both of these slides about motivation and about getting and finding a, a way to get committed, uh, which I think is what, you know, kind of the, the topic you were talking about there end up being pretty important um, things. I know that, um, again, thinking about motivation, um, I'm remembering Josh Mings, who's one of our coaches, he talked about how at the end of every um, at the end of every test he took before he even knew the results, he would go. He had some sort of celebration that he would have um, and that idea of having, um, you know, kind of a celebration regardless of whichever way it went. I know that his was kind of quirky. I remember, he said that. Uh, he would celebrate by buying uh, a new Lego set, I think. <laughs> um, certainly we've heard many people talk about, um, uh, you know, going out and having a drink or uh, getting together with friends um, afterward to celebrate are a number of ways that folks uh, find motivation. Um, um, I actually think um, as Alejandro here is writing, as I'm, I'm looking at this here quickly, Alejandro, thanks for writing in. He's mentioning the only motivation I can possibly think of is understanding the value and purpose of going through the whole process toward an actual goal, um, um, which I think that's a great point. Um, you think about staying motivated. Many of us, uh, and I suppose myself included, had aspirations of starting your, my own practice. And, and and utilizing that as your motivation to keep you going and to keep you uh, keep you committed um, to the whole process. Um, uh, I know that was a goal of mine. Um, thinking through my own process, um, my own process included um, one way. I actually sorry, one way I committed to the whole process was I bought the tests in advance. So um, I had a, a good friend who um, who I ran into one day. Uh, who told me about, actually, I ran into him, I hadn't seen him since college. Isfan, if you're listening, uh, it was you. <laughs> um, I ran into Isfan, um, who went to Illinois with me, and uh, I hadn't seen him for a long while, and he told me that he was licensed. And I was like, what are you talking about? How are you licensed so fast? It was very short after we all got our master's. And uh, he's like, oh, man, I just took one test every two weeks. Now, this was in ARE 3.1 when there were nine tests. Um, of course, there's only six now. Um, but it's the same amount of content just crammed in the six tests, so it's 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 not all that different. Um, but he talked about scheduling them every two weeks, and he said to me, he's like, he sort of looked me in the face, and, he, and I was like, how did you do it every two weeks? And he looked at me, he's like, dude, it doesn't matter whether you've studied for, whether you give yourself a month or two months, you're only going to study <laughs> for two weeks. So uh, forget about it and just, just um, uh, you know, just just commit yourself to that that two week time period. Um, and by the way, if you then fail, you know, it's it's a shorter uh, cycle to take it again. And um, um, and I thought that was pretty powerful advice, uh, which I actually ultimately took. And one of the things that helped, so that helps to keep you motivated. It helped keep me um, uh, committed. Well, I should say the part that helped keep me committed was that um, I bought the tests. And I don't remember the refund policy at that time. Um, but uh, I think I was kind of in, 
um, I don't think there was much of a refund policy. So once you buy the tests, A, you're committing to a schedule, B, you're committing to actually taking the tests, um, which, uh, which was, which wasn't. Well, and part of that too, was committing to them whether or not you passed or, or not. And I think a lot of the stories that I heard were, came from people who would get tripped up or really lose their momentum the moment that they failed one. But the fact of the matter is that these exams, you know, the pass rates are somewhere between like 40 and 70%, depending on the division for the 5.0. So it's likely that you're going to have some missteps, but keeping that momentum going forward, like you did by committing to them, pre, you know, before you began the whole process, I think was huge in, in being able to shrug off that loss. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Sarah uh, is writing in and she's saying, my motivation is being told for over 10 years, no, you can't. Um, and her response is, uh, watch me, uh, which is awesome. She's like, now that the test is approaching, they have nothing to say. Go me. Hell yeah. Sarah, that's awesome. Um, that's great. And uh, uh, that's, yeah, that's really powerful. Um, I'm looking at Emily's comment here. She's saying both her husband and, and her were studying together and taking their tests. They passed within one and a half years. Uh, she failed one. Uh, she, uh, he, uh, sorry, she failed once. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe I'm missing, misreading it here. But the idea being that somebody failed and and then someone passed all of them. Um, but she's still s sticking with it, which I think is um, huge, is huge. Um, I think uh, uh, I'm trying to think for a second. Um, I think having. Um, I think that's the thing is not letting the sometimes sometimes folks I feel like they get kind of stuck um, on this idea that well I'm going to take a test and then see how I do and then once I see how I do then I'm going to make my plan and I feel like that concept is one that it puts you in a really bad position in terms of motivation and commitment excuse me and the reason is because if it didn't go well, well now what are you gonna, you're gonna not commit to taking the test? It's like, do you wanna get licensed or not? And, and by the way, if you fail the first test and many people fail the first test, we'll just keep going. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, and and then figure out, uh, you know, kind of what your, your next step might be. Um, guys, I'm not sure if you have any more uh, stories to share here. Yeah, um, I have just one thing to say yeah. too, as far as the motivation, I think Mark hit the nail on the head, but the other uh, thing about not only are the pass rates low, but um, just realizing that by getting licensed, you know, you're joining an elite group in the profession. You know, as everyone knows, as an architect, you don't have to, you, you could go have an entirely successful career um, without being licensed. And so doing it um, is putting you just kind of in the next echelon and, and, and it is an elite group and it's, you know, something that you can be very proud of. Yeah, uh, Adri Adriana is is writing here. How do you start again when you, when you lose three tests because of the rolling clock? Um, and again, I think this all sort of connects to the same thing, um, which is about um, committing to the test uh, or committing to just get licensed. Um, I mean, I think they give you five years for the rolling clock. Um, and I mean, I guess the other story I would share is, you know, I know, certainly know a couple of folks who essentially let life get in the way. Um, and I've heard Mike say this many times, um, the earlier you are in your life and your career, Usually, almost always, the less complicated your life is. So the longer you wait, you're only creating more complexity for your situation. So um, I know it's not always the case, but it, it's usually the case. Um, folks, uh, you know, 
they either take on more responsibility in their firm. I mean, you think you're busy, um, you know, cranking out drawings or, or models or renderings, um, you know, wait till you're doing that and managing five people and uh, having to deal with, uh, you know, being a project manager or whatever. Like, as you move along in your firm, um, just your responsibilities get more complicated. Many people start a family, um, so you bring kids into the into the whole thing. You bring a spouse into the whole thing. Um, just starts to get more and more um, complicated. So that's why I've always loved the idea. And I don't know if two weeks is the right, you know, whatever. Uh, I know our coaching program is um, uh, is designed around a, about a one month study schedule, which which is fine. Some people do it faster. Some people take a slightly longer. But whatever it is, um, uh, again, I think. Uh, just committing to this whole thing is the key. Otherwise, there's just so many things that can knock you off your game. Um, Adriana mentioning uh, the rolling clock, like that's yeah. one thing that can knock you out of your game. Um, saying at the beginning, I'm going to try one time and see how it goes is, is the potential to knock you off your game. Um, we've spoken to many people who, who talk about that. Um, also looking here at a couple of other comments. Um, that's awesome. Giselle's asking, what does it feel like a few months after you passed your test? I want to be able to visualize that moment. <laughs> I think that's cool. It's a good way to think about it. Um, and I would just say that, uh, uh, I don't know, I just, you just, that's what, with the process I used, um, it didn't really matter. It was just on to the next test. Um, two weeks, take the test, and then you start studying again for two weeks, and then you take the test. So you're just going, you're just going full steam ahead no matter what. Um, and I failed one of the tests and had to retake it. And was thankful that I had them all planned because then, by the time I took all nine of them, um, uh, you know, I, you know, at that time it was six months between tests. Now you now it's 60 days, so it's only two months, which is good, which is better. Um, but uh, because I had them all back to back to back, um, it was actually only I think four months after my last test that I got to take one because there was two months in between there. Um, so I think. Um, just speaking of that 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 uh, concept of motivation and committing to pass the test, uh, which are really linked. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I was at a, a firm uh, in in Chicago a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, someone mentioned something about uh, knowing that they wanted to be an architect from a very young age, and and that it has always been something, you know, before they were even in an architecture school that they knew they wanted to do. And so I asked the rest of the room, there were probably 10 people there, you know, who who out of all of you knew they wanted to be an architect pretty early, you know, like when you were a kid. And I think everyone in the room except for one person raised their hand. Um, and, I, and I, pretty remarkable, yeah. Yeah, they talked about how, you know, thinking back to why they're even doing this and like the, the purpose, the deep purpose of why they're doing this um, is where a lot of them find their motivation, um, not just that certificate you get or you right. know, being able to stamp off on a document. And it goes beyond like the promotions and the raises because that stuff is, is there. But it sounds like, I mean, I, I was in that room with you and it sounded like when you asked that question that it was way deeper seated than that. I mean, it was a love for the profession and uh -huh. um, and really just tapping into that is so important. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I appreciate all the comments here. They're really awesome. Rob's, Rob, I'm just sort of uh, a couple that are in front of me. Rob says he failed twice and gave up 10 years ago. Kids are gr grown and out, now's his time. I think that's exactly what we're talking about, uh, that uh, thing about giving up. Um, that's why I just love that. And I realize there's money involved. Um, um, and, uh, but, but boy, um, as, my, as Mike said, has said many times, uh, if you guys, uh, I'm remembering, actually, I remember, he taught, he told this story. Um, God, it was the first thing we ever did together back in like 2013. 
um, we actually did a trial recording before we made all of our videos. Um, and we had a room uh, of probably like 30 aspiring architects and Mike was lecturing and we were kind of filming on the side. And Mike was like, to the room, he's like, if all you guys were MBA students, I guarantee that half of you would just go take all the tests without even studying. Because just based on the laws of probability, you'd probably pass some of them. And then you wouldn't have to study for those. Um, which, uh, which I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I love that idea. I know when we ran our promotion, which was seven and seven, uh, back in ARV 4.0, when it was seven exams, we did uh, seven exams in seven, uh, in seven weeks. Uh, which is incredibly aggressive, but it's all around that concept, like just get it over with and just take it and don't be so afraid of, of failing. Um, everyone, I still don't know anyone who has passed all the tests. It just doesn't oh, happen. Like first try, I mean. Yeah, and anyone who's told me that, I don't believe them. <laughs> uh, they're full of shit. Uh, so, all right, we're going to move on to the next one here, the last one here, which is about being 100% prepared for test day. Now, interestingly, AJ, uh, you recently took the... MBA test, which is the GMAT. Yeah. And then Ty, I know uh, some years back you took the series something. Yeah, the, I went to school for finance. So this was uh, series six, 63 and the seven. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. whatever the hell that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit. You guys have some like direct experience. Um, you guys both were successful with those tests. Tell me a little bit about like what you, you know your preparation and so forth. Yeah, the one thing, and obviously this is much different than than architecture, but I think the the similarity between the two is uh, is the testing center. And and just one vivid, you know, memory I have from the testing center is is realizing that no one in the testing center cares how you do. No one in the testing center knows what tests you're even taking. So there's a bunch of lawyers to my right and a bunch of doctors to my left, and um, and so I, I think trying to you know put the blinders on when you're going into test day and you know coming into test day with a solid plan and and not just going you know getting in the car and saying hmm i'm just going to plug in the address into my gps i wonder where it is um you know maybe even going there before is and, and that's something that i did but um you know it really helped me uh, to expect that and to not expect the the person at the front desk of the Prometric Testing Center to be this warm and fuzzy person. Um, you know, they just take your fingerprint, tell you to, you know, don't cheat or else you'll, your score won't count and put your backpack in a locker. Um, and so, you know, knowing that up front was huge for me. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, this was, gosh, I don't want to date myself too much, but it was about 12 years ago when I was coming out of school and I, uh, and I took those exams and I was always fortunate enough to be able to kind of, if it's basic material, kind of like you said, just read the book, go in and ace the test. So I took the six, aced it, took the 60, aced it. And then the seven, I was like, oh man, this is like a lot more difficult and I really have to spend some time on it. But again, my, my early twenties overconfidence probably played into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I remember going out the very first time and it was at a different testing center. And like all the horror stories that I've ever heard about these places came true for me on that day. Hit some traffic because I was commuting from the city out to the suburbs. It was, you know, blazing in right at the last second because I hadn't given myself enough time. And when I walked in, I got like the least desirable computer, which was like underneath a flickering light, like right under a vent that was blasting cold air conditioning. And like my mouse would only kind of go left and I had to like zig it around and like go these big circles. I like how you're blaming this on, on the computer. That's totally the only reason I failed that thing. Yeah. No, but I mean, but to be honest with you, it, it really, it can snap you out of your game. Like I had been so dialed in for the first two exams um, and just the added anxiety because I was not prepared for that day weighed on me heavily and distracted the hell out of me. Um, 
And I learned a lot from that. And coming back then to take it the second time and passing it, um, I took a lot of those those strategies that AJ had mentioned as well. I got there half an hour early. I listened to really calming music before I walked in there, and I made damn sure I didn't get the worst computer in the room moving forward. But it is still just an undesirable place to be tested, um, and it's something that everybody goes through with the ARE as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like so many folks have talked about this. About um, we've talked about anxiety um, uh, being. Uh, being a real thing, everyone experiences some degree of test anxiety. Um, it's just a matter of how much. Um, uh, some people have debilitating test anxiety. Some people, you know, just get a little butterflies in their stomach. I was probably in that category. Um, I know that, in fact, when we have our uh, some of the consultations on people who 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 weren't successful with the test, we asked them, you know, scale of one to ten, ten being like totally debilitating anxiety, and one being, you know, just a little bit. Um, you know, we get people all over the over all over, all over the map. Um, but um, one of the ways, so so subsequently, I guess what I'm getting at is subsequently, uh, everyone needs some sort of a strategy to manage anxiety, and, and because it can be your enemy, it can really cause some some problems in the test, uh, or your as you uh, as you're thinking through answering all the questions. So one of the things to do is to not get caught in traffic. Get, yeah. Um, uh, but um, uh, all jokes aside. Um, I've heard people talk about dry, like literally uh, figuring out where they're going to park um, a day in advance, like actually driving to the test center and parking there and walking to the test center in advance, maybe maybe just for the first time they've ever taken the test, because of course you have six to take, so maybe for test one, you actually figure out the parking lot you're going to be in and, and so forth and give yourself extra time. You also hear people talk about... Um, um, trying to simulate the exam experience somehow, um, whether that's using, you know, our practice exams or uh, or some somebody else's practice exams, but taking some time, um, trying to sit yourself down for four hours. Um, another thing which might sound a little cheesy, um, but I think it's really helpful. Um, I know that uh, I use it um, as I go out throughout the course of my day, is just to breathe. It sounds kind of <laughs> yep. sounds silly and stupid, but um, actually, you know, pausing for uh, 60 seconds and taking five giant deep breaths, you'd be surprised how that calms you down and helps you kind of refocus. Um, we were talking actually to a professor um, who's sort of an expert in this uh, in terms of controlling your own emotions. And he was talking about how if you, and this is the sort of the science, uh, the loose science behind why this works. If you think about what taking a deep breath does, it's putting a bunch of oxygen into your body and your brain to help you kind of gain control over over your emotions in that moment. So imagine you're stressed out. Imagine, you know, Ty, even in that moment when you were super stressed out, right? Yeah. If you would have just stopped maybe at the beginning of that test and just taken five huge, you know, slow deep breaths, maybe you, you know, would have brought you down one notch, you yeah, know, even, even absolutely. further. Absolutely. Definitely didn't um, do that. So, um, so there's quite a few things. Um, uh, so I guess in summary, you know, um, basically preparing uh, yourself by um, sort of the route you're going to go, so the tactics of the, the route you're going to go, making sure that's all under control. So you sort of, you've already rehearsed that. Also utilizing some, let's say, anxiety reducing techniques, even during um, uh, the actual test or even preceding sort of the test itself. Um, I like what you said, sort of putting your blinders on, AJ, about how the people you're sitting next to, who knows what tests are taking. Yeah. That's sort of a weird experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that when you, you know, when you're getting ready for these exams, there's already so much about it that is stressful and, and uncertain that 
the things like parking or like anything that you can do to remove the outside stress, like basically control everything that you can yeah, as much as possible um, to, because, you know, you really need to, to focus and, and, and put your best foot forward. Yeah. I think two things around practice exams specifically that helped me too was uh, Mark mentioned it briefly earlier, but um, never taking a practice exam in the comfort of your own home under a blanket, you know, take it <laughs> somewhere where you're going to be a little uncomfortable and, and it might, you know, take, take it in a busy coffee shop with your headphones on, you know, make, make it harder than what the actual thing is going to be. So when it comes to the real day, it's, it's even easier than you thought. Um, and then the second one that I learned pretty early on was, you know, by the time the night before test day comes up, if you're taking a full length practice exam, you're probably not prepared. Um, and so, you know, prepare yourself so you don't have to stress out about taking a full length practice exam like the morning before or the, or the day before. At that point, you kind of know what you know um, and, and you're just trying to memorize at that point, which to me, uh, you know, was not successful. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you're reminding me that uh, some basic things, you know, sleep getting a good night's sleep before, sometimes people will kind of freak out and cram. I always remember like, there was definitely some tests when I did not feel 100% prepared, but you sort of have to give it, at least my approach was you gotta give it up. Like, cause then there's this whole new stage of like preparing your mind and body for the actual test. It doesn't matter how much stuff you cram into your head. I, I at least that was my uh, philosophy, uh, but instead, um, um, you know, the value of, of having seven hours of sleep and not four, um, I mean, it's the difference between being able to think clearly and not. Um, and same thing about eating um, and making sure that, you know, you have a good breakfast before. Um, all that kind of stuff is 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 kind of basic, but also good to remember. Um, Megan's asking about brain food, um, break time snack. I'm kind of curious, uh, Monica, maybe you can help us collect answers to this. If uh, I'd love to hear what everyone's favorite <laughs> break time snack is. Um, maybe you can post it in the questions here and we'll try to collect them. Uh, while we're talking here, I, I don't remember. I don't even think they gave us a snack. I think they just, when I did it, I it was know. like you know, the um, the machine with the the crackers, the six crackers, <laughs> cheese, the crappy cheese crackers, um, is uh, uh, was something that we got. And I think my my thing was just don't eat something you you haven't eaten before. You know, eat, <laughs> eat the things you're comfortable with so that yeah. you don't bring another variable in totally. the equation. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> I bet these. Uh, uh, yeah, the flaming hot Cheetos yeah, look kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll give them a shot. <laughs> yeah. My son was just asking me about those. He really wants to try them. Looks like I got some interesting ideas. Everyone likes peanut butter. All right. Banana Gatorade nuts, cranberries, apple and peanut butter, peanut butter pretzel things. A lot of peanut butter. Banana, apple and caramel, protein bars. Um, oh, Alejandro likes uh, some coffee uh, with his RX bar. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> Snickers, celery, walnuts. You guys are making me hungry. Uh, <laughs> I guess this is a. We got to eat before yeah, every live next time. Yeah, you know good note. I mean? next time. Um, so, uh, as you guys say, or as we sort of have, uh, I suppose, uh, sort of settled on here, quite a few, um, uh, quite a few ideas for how you can be 100% prepared for test day. I think it's all about. It's just. It's actually that. I think that word about preparing, um, thinking in advance of of all the things and making that part of your your studying process. It's a legit part of it. Um, it's not just reading all the books and, and the flashcards and so forth. Um, so do you guys have anything else? I think those, that might have been the end of the stories you guys had, right? Yeah. All right, cool. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll land the plane right there. Um, and uh, so I want to thank you guys for, uh, you know, bringing some of those stories and your own personal experiences, um, you know, to, uh, to bear on uh, all those folks listening who, uh, you know, are, are preparing to pass these tests. 
Um, for our next area live, we're going to, as I mentioned, we're going to uh, cover programming and analysis with Mike Newman, um, and we'll use a mock exam, so, uh, so you'll get an opportunity to kind of test uh, test your knowledge uh, during that session, which is usually a really good one. Uh, to learn more about our ARE exam prep uh, curriculum, you can go to blackspectacles.com, uh, where you can try out any of our course videos, and if you want to have your boss pay for your membership, be sure to visit blackspectacles.com slash firms to learn more about our firm memberships for firms of any size. Um, we're also going to do a, a Black Spectacles ARE 5.0 product demonstration, which helps folks understand the difference between the individual and the group subscription. So um, that's a good kind of, um, if you think your firm might be interested, that's a, a usually a, a really um, useful um, webinar uh, that Ty and AJ put on. Um, and uh, so you can sort of learn a little bit more about that. We're going to drop a link in the uh, GoToWebinar box, uh, which you can use to register for that. Um, one of the things we're starting to do that's kind of interesting and kind of new, um, if you're in the Chicagoland area, and I know many of you are all over the world, so, uh, but for those of you here in Chicago and you're interested in having Black Spectacles visit your firm uh, to share more insights and, and even more of these tips, um, this is just, just sort of the tip of the iceberg, I suppose, for us. Um, we have quite a few. You can email sales at blackspectacles.com to set up a lunch and learn, actually. Um, I'm sure Ty and AJ would love it uh, if you were not in the Chicagoland area. Um, <laughs> Preferably somewhere warm. Yeah, if you're somewhere warm <laughs> yeah, or maybe if exotic. you're in Paris or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, um, yeah, we can do that as well. Uh, for those of you who are ready to start preparing for the ARE right now, you can use coupon code TIP101019PC to get a 15% discount for the entire duration of your ARE exam prep membership. I'm putting it up on the screen right now. Um, so you can uh, you can write down that, uh, that coupon code and you can use it. Um, and then finally, tomorrow we'll email you a follow-up uh, about everyone's, uh, about today's uh, live broadcast. So please let us know what you think and share any suggestions that you may have. I promise we read every word that you guys write and use them to tune our next episodes. But thanks for watching.